How did Malaysian-born and raised Sophie Aslan go from building an award-winning student game to working on Gigabash, one of the biggest indie games from Southeast Asia? Even beyond that, Sophie has been recognized on the world stage being one of just 50 people across the globe to be inducted to the Game Awards Future Class of Video Games 2022. We sat down with Sophie to learn more about her experience working on independent games, the games she grew up playing, and what it's like being part of the Future Class of Video Games. Uh, welcome to the 20M Podcast, folks. Hello, hello. Uh, this is the podcast where we largely disagree with our friends, and boy, are we dis- going to disagree a lot today. Uh, my name is Arif, and this is Reno. And before we introduce our illustrious, amazing, unprecedented episode, I feel like the grammar doesn't really make sense there. I feel like I messed up a little bit of the grammar oh my God, here. Um, I-, I just wanted to share, hey, welcome in, folks. This is the podcast where we talk about games, anime, entertainment, uh, and all the stuff that is nerd-filled. Uh, a couple of reminders before we get on with the episode. Uh, Reno, we released an episode last week featuring the one the only tosh bunny we did it was very cool <laughs> I, I love it because when we, we do these intros there's no prep you know what i mean so i i throw the i throw the fish over to reno to see if she can catch it, it was it was like the most chaotic episode that we've recorded so far and like of course it would be because it's tosh bunny <laughs> exactly so you can go check that one out on youtube and spotify and all the places you can find our podcast and there should be a couple of clips by the time you see this episode up on our social pages but but the episode before that i want to touch base really quickly we had three friends on our show as guest appearances we had ashraf chaz articulate design asmr and miss ds geek sharing thoughts about anime hot takes and boy let me tell you the internet has been riled up because yeah. one of our one of our guests ashraf chaz uh, spoke profusely about a certain anime character and oh my god all my notifications are just i don't know it's just a bunch of fandoms coming after but there's us like, there's like two things there right there's like one thing which is that rf has notifications on for likes because he's a narcissist like who does oh. that i know right? so, so it's like, normal. Oh, i'm sorry and secondly yeah we did we tapped into a very passionate part of the internet for one of our clips and it just went nuts anime fandoms am i right anime. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you can check check those out as well and lastly we've got a couple episodes coming up um of the 20m podcast in the future featuring a couple very special guests that i won't reveal today but they come from different corners of the internet in the games and potentially outside of games space as well uh so look out for those but but uh, you know, all that is like it, it, it doesn't really matter because what really matters is our guest today so the sophie coming in to the 20m podcast sophie how are you welcome in Hi, thank you for having me. The The intro earlier was insane. <laughs> like words. in a bad way or like? No, a... like I love it. Oh up my God, illustrious, illustrious and everything. Woo, thank you for thinking highly of me. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, the bar's got to start up here with the audience and then it's throughout the podcast. Just I go see. Away. It's all part of your plan. All according yeah. to Keikaku, I get it. <laughs> so yes. for those that um for those that don't know who you are because reno and i know who you are i mean with that intro are you sure they don't know who i am <laughs> <laughs> the way you describe me i'm no, illustrious we had a, <laughs> because we had tosh on the show last uh last week and she uh, introduced herself and for me it was like wow i those are just a fraction of the things that you do. You know what I mean? So I'm curious, like, how do you introduce yourself to oh, like, an audience that okay. doesn't know you? Mm-hmm. So hi, everyone. My name is Sophie, and I am a indie game dev, a game lecturer in Malaysia, and I'm also a games journalist in my own right. And uh, previously, I have worked in 
different parts of game development. I've done game design, production, support. Uh, I've also been a host for stage and for screen, for podcast and panel. And uh, I'm also a uh, I've, I'm also a member of the Game Awards Feature Class 2022, and now I'm here. <laughs> so, wow. yeah, all the things. Yeah, I had to list out like I was applying for a for like a speaking engagement thing, and I had to list out like all the things, all the speaking things I've done previously. And I was yeah. like, I'm just gonna do it from like 2019. So mm -hmm. there's like. What was like entries. a pre twenty nineteen Sophie? You know what I mean? Oh what, man, who pre twenty nineteen. Pre twenty nineteen, I was stressed. Post twenty nineteen, I was more stressed. <laughs> <laughs> more stressed, but very blessed. Yeah, because it's like uh, I I track everything by like what I was doing in terms of academia for the most part. So like I was doing my diploma from twenty fourteen to twenty seventeen. Then late twenty seventeen, I started on my degree. And that mm -hmm. was up until 2020. And then right after I completed my internship, I had like a month break and then I started working and then I started working and then I continued working and then I'm still working. So, woo. I could feel the downward <laughs> spiral, like, yeah. immediately in, in your, in the way that you're yeah. I mean, like I'm having the time of my life. I get to do what I've always wanted to do, but also it's like the grind never stops. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that that was the downward spiral. That that was one's that just for the you. Sound of the spiraling. Going there. <laughs> yeah, it's that like one was Super for you, Mario audio listeners. Do, do you do sound effects for your games as well, Sophie? I wish <laughs> I could. They haven't asked me to do it. I should pitch did, it. Did you say voice actor in that? Uh, in that, I didn't, thing? but because... I have done voice acting in the yes. past. Yes, Ooh, uh, you might recognize me as the voice of Kitzania Summer Promotion Two Thousand. Wait, what? <laughs> You're joking. I'm really it's not. That's summer. an exclusive here on the 20th podcast, man. Oh I'm my really not. god. I was Wait, uh I was like 18. It. I was 18 and then they were like, "Can you sound like you're 8?" and I was like, "Right." Um and my mom lines? was in the recording booth. I know the video's still on Facebook too. That's like the thing. I could probably find it and send it to you later. So it's like an it ad. Was like, it was an ad. It was an ad read. Um who's it? it was like now that the summer is here, I can't wait to go back to Kitsania again. It was like that. And I could do it better last time. But because obviously I, mean, I was younger. set of the Rugrats right now, man. Yeah, yeah, it was like that. And then they were like, can you sound like you're eight? I was like, sure. And then my mom was like, you know, my, my, my teenager was there. And suddenly a child came out. It was just like, oh, God. But yeah, Where so previously. That's... What, like the, the, the gig or the like the, the voice? voice? Where the voice? No, like the possession. Like something <laughs> possessed you. Um, I was one of those kids who would do like the funny voices to try and make people laugh. Because I thought if, if I was funny, I could make more friends. Because I was bad at making friends. I, I was relate. like, I'm going to be like a cool anime protagonist. I'm going to draw at my desk and it's going to look like kind of anime. And then I'll be like, can they see me drawing? <laughs> Maybe they'll ask me who I'm drawing. And then it worked one day. And that's how I met like my best friend. <laughs> Literally in like primary school. But on the voice acting thing, yeah, I was, um, I did Kidzania, uh, an ad read for Kidzania once. I did, when I interned back at Fly FM during my diploma, I did a couple of ads for mm -hmm. their PSAs and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I've done... Was it like a, hey, please don't play so many video games or at least like stand up while, you know, whilst you're in your 10-hour gaming session? It was like... Um, so they did a couple of ones where it was just like, you know, don't be a jerk, that kind of thing. And they were like, okay, Sophie, we want you to voice the jerk. And then I was like, we're really good at it. So <laughs> there's a couple of like ad reads where I'm just like, 
a huge nasty like stereotypical it's like the, the bitch voice comes out and they're like wow that's so natural and i'm like i don't know if this is a compliment <laughs> <laughs> so uh that's oh, but uniquely I, a natural I was, villain God. i do i do and it's not because of all the black it's just the, the voice honestly the voice. Yeah, but before all of that, uh, when I was in primary school, I actually was on Disney Channel a couple of times no. as well. Yeah, How? But like Buzz, like what was it called? Buzz? Club? Not Disney Buzz. Not Disney Buzz. Not Disney it Buzz. was um, they had like you know the uh, just like a couple of ads like between the shows where they mm-hmm. talk about like things. So like, you know we got to dance on the green screen, and then when you see the video, it's like the ribbon. Oh, the ribbon! You know? oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, Zach and Cody are mega super cool," <laughs> and I'm like, "I'm not even fifth grade." It was like, <laughs> so those videos are also still floating around the internet. I found Jeez. like you know, Vimeo, and I freaked out. So yeah, we're, I must we're have definitely seen you on TV. Yeah, <laughs> that's horrifying. We're, we're actually we're finding it. We're gonna we're gonna this is, this is where it pops up on, on the yeah, podcast, sorry. right? I was no. gonna say we're actually gonna ignore the rest of the topics for the podcast. We're not even gonna talk about games or anything yeah. that's like any of the genuine important work that you're doing. We're just gonna play reruns of your ads like for oh the my next God. hour of the pod. Awful. Um, that's <laughs> the thing that's is really I funny. have them. That's like the worst part. We maybe to like also to go back to things on a, like because like uh, that, what a what a fascinating intro and what a hilarious one because like it, it's funny you say this because like I feel like you've had a ridiculous like past couple uh, I would say like past year past like two years or something like that yeah because um it went from and, and and like my exposure was like oh like you know a couple we have a couple mutual friends everybody's always talking mm-hmm. about Sophie and then it became like oh yeah or you should you should meet Sophie she's really cool and then it became like everybody's just talking about you all the time like mm-hmm. every yeah. event it came industry events or like hang out that i was at with my friends it's like man yeah you know sophie had like sophie like said something about this i'm like who is this sophie person like why am i hearing about her every single day you know what I mean? <laughs> so i feel like you've really exploded in like the <laughs> my personal like you know social sphere but the second yeah. thing is like i feel like uh, you've had also an amazing year like what's uh this is a terrible lead up to a question because my question was going to be like how's your past year been <laughs> like, questions are like 10 years long but yeah, how how did your how did your last year go? One of my one of my close friends, uh, he described it as, "You're fucking everywhere. It's like the year of Luigi." So that's kind of, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was just like, you know what? You're right. Because I, I kind of, um, I used to believe that I was just very lucky, but now it's gotten to the point where it's like, what is it? Luck is actually planning and timing. So I'm definitely like a lot of the hard work that I've been putting in for the last couple of years has borne fruit in like an insane way. (laughs) And I still don't know how to deal with that in a sense, because it's like in my head, I'm still just like the gremlin from the back of class who has like an accent and Mm -hmm. is very passionate about obscure games that most people don't know about. and, and not in like a fun way. It, it's more in like a, yeah, but have you played that one Yakuza spinoff that's actually like a parody of House of the Dead? Like, it's like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then other people see me as like award winning, regionally award winning, <laughs> internationally recognized. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, it still hasn't completely hit and it feels strange. Like, um, half of this podcast is just going to be me like humble bragging, I think, which is, um, I apologize in advance. It was like, uh, we recently had a, uh, there's an event that we usually hold here in Malaysia called Game Dev Hangout, which is Mm -hmm. like a social event for game developers. And then you can kind of like showcase your games and stuff like that. So uh, it was the first Game Dev Hangout 
uh, of the year, and then they held it at KDU, where I'm now working as a lecturer. So I was just like, I'm not famous. Like, I don't know most of these kids. They're like my juniors or they're people outside of who would know me within industry. Mm -hmm. And then I was literally telling somebody, one of my friends, like, I'm not famous. Like, stop making fun of me. <laughs> Five people in succession. Hi, Sophie. Hi, Sophie. Okay, I'm wow. going. Hi, Sophie. <laughs> the timing, it was not planned, but it happened right there. And yeah. I don't even know some of these people do. So it's They're like, like paid actors, you know what I mean? Right? Just inflate your ego. <laughs> literally, I sat like next to a student who was asking me for advice about um, his internship. And then at the end of it, he capped it off with like, by the way, I didn't want to say it earlier, but I'm actually like a huge fan. And I'm like, what? Wow. <laughs> it's crazy. You know, I... Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm uh, incredibly blessed, but it's like, oh my God, you know? So the only way up from here is it's it's really just like upward trajectory. I'm going to keep working to push that way, but also like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. the, the rocket is in is in motion, you know? It's like yeah. it's up in the stratosphere. The, mm -hmm. uh, I'll, uh, I'll stroke the ego a little bit, just a little bit further, right? We just were, <laughs> the last time I saw you in person, I think it was during the Game Awards screening um, over here yes. in Kuala Lumpur. Um, where I think uh, KKP and TGV, our local cinema chain, um, had a screening for the Game Awards. And they invited mm -hmm. a couple folks, and I was there, and you know, Sophie was there. And uh, I think I was chatting with a group of people. And then one of the people in this, I can't remember who was, somebody in this group was like, oh, my God, that's Sophie. I need to go get a photo with her. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like what the hell? Like, uh, where's my photo? <laughs> so, yeah, you're um, the influencer. You're oh, the actual influencer. But also, I will say, you're at, you're like, you looked phenomenal because it was, I don't know what the hell you were wearing, but there was, it, was like, it was like Lulu <laughs> from Final Fantasy X, where it was like belts wow. everywhere. Um, and you had two people like constantly following you around as well as if they were bodyguards. It was hilarious. <laughs> so I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like you should go take a photo with whatever entity that is. On the you know I mean? Like this ephemeral being that's like emitting just fame and fortune. I'll accept that. I'll accept that. I, I'm not a developer anymore. I've ascended. So I'm just like an internationally recognized entity of creativity and passion. This is where I'll we talk about it. Bloodborne 24-7, everybody. Oh my God. <laughs> Um, that, that's that's hilarious. But I mean, uh, on a serious note, I mean, like, um, I want to I want to ask, like, Reno, how did you? Because like my Sophie story has just been like just people reminding, mm -hmm. you know, just mm -hmm. Sophie's amazing. Like, she's in game dev, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's like I just think we have like just mutual friends, but also I think you're working with a couple friends as well, and we can get to that in a second. But um, Reno, how did you get exposed to? How, how did you guys like get to know each other? I think mine was just like the internet version of what you just described. Like it was just people. <laughs> talking about Sophie on Twitter. And can I just say, like, Sophie as in, like, like your first... You are the Sophie. There's only one Sophie in the, in the game. There's space. They just know your first name. And when people say Sophie, it's like, oh, yeah, we know her. Like, Oh, my God. You. Yeah, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, like, you just came up in conversation a lot. And I did meet the um, Passion Republic folks when they were at Tokyo Game Show last year. Um, oh for, yeah for i think that's i think around that time as well was when i was starting to get more into the southeast asia space because i wanted to cover tokyo game show but uh, overall but also specifically about southeast asia and of course like they came up and then i do have a little bit of a story i don't know who he was but one of them was there at the booth promoting it and he came up to me and he was like he was like speaking to me in japanese and i was like do you speak english and he's like oh yeah you do i'm like i'm malaysian dude he's like I'm Malaysian. And then we just had this like moment where we're like, we like, he thought I was Japanese. Like, I knew he was Malaysian because I knew like the game and everything like that. 
but it was like the most adorable thing. Um, That's so funny, you yeah. meet Malaysian. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> That's it. It zooms into the handshake or whatever. Yes, exactly. And it's like a guilty gear entrance. Let's rock. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, no, because I, I will, uh, I'll, I'll echo that a little bit, Rena, because like, I think, Sophie, you're one of my favorite tweeters um, in the industry oh. because of how unhinged a lot of your commentary <laughs> is. My because, favorite, like, my favorite, yeah. my favorite Sophie tweet is that you whatever me have i have it you know that one like, you oh the want, artist want one. some artists me i know them like, you want game recognitions i have that one. Like, oh my god this is sophie's tweet in a nutshell we'll pull it up we'll put it on the, on oh the video podcast god. you're gonna like comb through my twitter <laughs> you know, which is yeah. insane <laughs> We uh, a, a funny story. You say that uh, Reno and I were doing a little bit of prep, and we were both on your Twitter yesterday, and we scrolled down so much because you're like oh a God. serial like uh, retweeter and a hype person. So it's just that's uh, it. Yeah, hilarious. but that's I think yeah. another reason why you're also so visible is because like you're you're using your platform to like promote a lot of people now, and like in, in such a positive way. Like the artist one, you know, like I didn't know there were so many independent artists in Malaysia who can do comms. You know, I was looking into that, and I think. That's like what's really special about, you know, how you've grown so much, but you're also taking everyone with you. And I think that's amazing. Oh, thank you very much. Like, uh, to elaborate on that, I uh, I come from the local like ACG scene quite a bit. Like, I've been a comic fiesta attendee and exposing my shameful past. Not really shameful, but like I've been like boothing and like on and off cosplaying since like 2009. So that means that when I started, I was 13, <laughs> so like 12, 13. So I've been like really at it. And then because of that, it's given me the opportunity to get to meet like a lot of people. It's given me the opportunity to connect with a lot of artists in different ways, especially when I started looking beyond just like fandom works and looking at original content. And then it's like, you know, after a while, you kind of learn like, oh, these people have day jobs beyond just like drawing Roxas. <laughs> so um, <laughs> it's like, so what do you do? What is your day job? It's like, oh, I'm like a concept artist at lemon sky and you're like what and then you're like so what if you'd like concept it mm -hmm. on and they're like mm, diablo 3 what you know <laughs> so it's things like that so um it's given me like opportunities to get to meet people and then of course i see myself in a position of privilege where i um i have this international recognition so it only makes sense to if we do not have the doors to open we will create our own and then mm -hmm. i'll just pull everybody through you know yeah, that's, that's, it just makes the most sense to me to to make things work like that. And uh, I'd love to like do the boring, the quote unquote boring part of the interview a little bit, but I just want to like get a little bit of the context for the people that maybe aren't as exposed to your stuff because um, obviously we have a couple folks that are listening that listen into the podcast in the games industry, but I know we also have a portion of the audience that's outside of the games industry, or even if they're in the games industry, it's outside of the indie games industry, or the Southeast Asian games industry, or the Malaysian games industry as well, right? Mm -hmm. But maybe just to give get a little bit of background on you, Sophie, like how did you go from Kidzania? TV, Disney Channel ads, voice actor, <laughs> um, and then and then get into like I, I'd say a major part of your career, which is game development, right? Mm -hmm. Like uh, yeah. I just love to know some of the early, uh, and I personally also I'm like a little bit rusty here on on your background, but like how did that journey go from like um, graduating and then getting and then working in games? So uh, here's my lore dump. Right. It's a full like uh, it's like a 10 year cycle. Right. So uh, when I was in high school, I was kind of a slacker. Like I I really can't under uh, I can't underplay that at all. Like I was I had a teacher who didn't know what my face looked like because I was always asleep in her class. So she only knew the top of my head. 
you know <laughs> so like that that was my reputation in school and the thing was like I was a huge slacker who like just was like I'm just gonna get through and maybe I'll be a manga car because you know I like anime and manga right that was a mm -hmm. very empty and then uh there was a competition like an inter-school competition for game development and I really wanted to join in because I really liked playing games already by that time I was like this was a great opportunity for me to like learn how to get them made mm -hmm. and um I was able to join the competition, like the, my school's team, and none of us knew how to use Game Maker. So somebody's mom was like, I have a connection at KDU. Funny, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I have a connection at KDU. We can go and they can tell us about making games. So we all loaded up my mom's old car. I want to say it's like a Camry, you know, an old Toyota Camry. <laughs> and then like we got to KDU's old DJ campus and we went in and there was like a talk. Basically, it was very dry. But then when we saw the student projects, like at this time I was like, let's say about 15, 16, but we saw mm -hmm. the student projects and something just clicked in my brain. I was like, I, I know this is what I want to do. So I, I basically have been gutting to enter the games industry since I was about 15. This year I'm 27. So I'd like to say like, that's a pretty good trajectory. Mm -hmm. But then like my first stop block was when I approached KDU, like, hey, I want to do the foundation into the degree program. My uh, results were not good enough to enter the foundation program. So I had to find like something else to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then then I took my diploma, which was in entrepreneurship and graphic design, so which I thought was fine because again I had all those years of like anime booth experience, so I kind of knew like what it took to sell stuff, and honestly it helped. So that's really funny. It was like, how do you know so much? And it was like, well, you have to observe the trends because one year it's going to be people really like JoJo, but the next year people are really into the other JoJo. And then I'm back in my head, I'm like, I've never seen JoJo, but I know these characters are. You know, it was like that. That's so yeah. yeah, so it was really funny how like in uni specifically like my hobbies and side interests were what boosted me the most because it was like um i did the diploma and then i entered uh the bachelors of game development where i specialized in game design specifically narrative design because i love storytelling and i was just like consistently dying every semester but i made it work and then the project semesters i would be like Choom! and then they go wow you're really good at it and i'd be like thanks so <laughs> uh yeah my hobbies and everything they really helped out like i remember i did voice direction for my fyp my final year project um and then i had like you know the entrepreneurship and uh business background from my diploma so i was able to use that as a push for my final year project and uh you know we're very blessed in the sense where that particular project don't stop the party is kind of what got the most recognition first because that one managed to win Sea Game Awards 2020 Best Student Game and mm -hmm. Audience Choice. The Audience Choice one was a surprise because it was like, you know, there was like a famous local rapper who was like, the Audience Choice Award goes to Don't Stop the Party. It's like me on Discord with my friends because it was pandemic. And we were like, uh -huh. what? Insane. Mm -hmm. Then like, yeah. So... And uh, maybe because uh, I um, obviously will put a little bit of footage of uh, of that game. But oh, I yeah, think the, yeah. like what what how would you describe that? that game to, to like audiences. What, my Don't Stop the Party? Yeah, don't stop yes, the party. yes. Oh gosh, it is a, what was the description I used? A uh, up to four player arena brawler um, about taking control of a dystopian nightclub for the <laughs> sake of your, uh, what you perceive to be like your best self. It had like this whole like Persona-esque story. Oh yeah, it was like, God. it had this whole like Persona-esque story. You know and, yeah, it was like, I was like really into Persona likes. So like I was mm -hmm. playing the Caligula effect at that time. And I was, and I also had just finished like Fate Extella. And I was like, I love Neuro Claudius. 
and then I was like, I'm going to take all these elements. I'm going to make this the most self-indulgent game as possible. And then it won awards, and I was like, self-indulgence works. I, so, I think that's yeah. the name as well. Like I keep hearing the the Black Eyed Peas shout. Do you, you know someone who goes, "Don't stop the don't yes. stop, don't No, yeah. uh, I was using the uh, I was using the Pitbull song as a. Uh, my reference in the beginning so you know yeah shout out to they pitbull were... yeah Wait, shout out to pitbull mr worldwide i mean it's like unironically when they asked me like what are your vibes for this i just sent them like the music video for party rock anthem so oh my like, god unironically <laughs> it's like can you give me something else and i was like okay venga boys <laughs> yes but uh so, i wanted to because yeah. i because i, I kind of wanted to like describe that a little bit because maybe jump forward a couple just a little bit right it was like um you worked uh, at Passion Republic on, uh, you know, just Bash, a little yeah. small title called Gigabash. And in, in essence, I remember when I was like getting familiar with your work, I was like, wow, it's as if like this is pretty much um, Don't Stop the Party. Like, I mean, it's an arena brawler. It's not like it's like a one for one. I know. Right? But it's like, how do you I end know. up working on an arena brawler <laughs> as like a final year project to working on like the the, the arena, arena brawler, brawler like of, of the past region. couple yeah of our region but let alone like the past couple like years or so right because that genre that, has also been a little yeah bit, like, no that is luck that is that one is genuinely that's not timing or or any kind of other bs like that's just luck because um i did the arena brawler and then i interned at kaigen games they do the simulacra series so yeah. I, I was like really into narrative design and then when i was you know working there and i was observing in the office i was like maybe i kind of want to go into the support side of things and look at project management because it was something that i also was doing during my final year so uh, i ended up applying to a bunch of places as a project manager project coordinator da -da 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 -da. and um passion replied and then I did the interview and everything. And then they were like, oh, you come from a game design background. I was like, yeah, I also worked on like an arena brawler. And they were like, oh, okay. And then when I came in, they were like, oh, we were going to put you on a different project, mm -hmm. but that project has been delayed. So would you be interested in working on Gigabash? And I was like, okay. <laughs> because it was so funny because I literally only learned about Gigabash in 2019 when they were showcasing at Level Up when I was a volunteer. Mm -hmm. And the thing is that we were stationed opposite the Gigabash booth, I remember. Wow. And uh, there was a guy at the booth who was my then colleague and also he's one of the directors of the game. And he was like, come la, test the game. And I was like, no, I'm a volunteer. I can't. I'm working. <laughs> and he was like, you're not working. Like, come la. And I was like, okay. And then I was like, wow, I love Willie. And then I just stayed there like the entire day. <laughs> It was really good. So the fact that I went from being like, I always call myself for Gigabash like an ascendant fangirl because I literally was like, I was a huge fan. I have pictures there's literally on my Twitter because I use that as my work Twitter as a student. I have pictures of my friends playing Gigabash in 2019. And then mm. at full circle last year, I got to give a talk at Level Up yep. about oh Gigabash as well. So it's like, wow, you know, I the fate machine is working. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's such a testament to like, you know, our industry is small, but it's so tight knit as well that, you know, you can go from like volunteering to literally working at the game that you've been, you know, l like such a big fan of. And then yeah. like, you mentioned like Passion Republic Games and then also like Kaigan Games. Like these are all like, you know, the studios that we know and that we all love. Like Arif and I also played Simulacra to some hilarious degree, but but we did it. Um, so it's just awesome to hear like, you know, we all know these names, we all know these people. It's such a, it's a small but very close community, isn't it? Fun fact, uh, I have a voice credit in Simulacra 2. Wait, Simulacra 2? Yeah, in the second game, oh, okay. I have a voice okay. credit. If you look through the credits, you will see my name. 
Eric, we have to play Simulacra. Yeah, no, because it's, like it's going to be some voice. creepy, like kid, kid, like a haunted Kidzania, like part of the game or whatever. <laughs> like, some kid that's like, "Come here, like play with me," or it's like, or it'll "Get away, the, get away from me." It'll be the bitchy voice. It'll be the bitchy voice. That's true. Uh, <laughs> from Life. I mean, you're free to believe whichever you want, but it's like a voice that you hear only during one ending, and you die during that ending. So, <laughs> of course, <laughs> yeah. Oh, Don't read into that too much, everybody. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> There's no subtle dig. Um, no, that, that's that's super funny. And then, so, yeah, your time at Gigabash, and obviously, like, we can touch base on that. But then, like, there's this new phase of Sophie, which has really emerged over the past, like, couple of months, right? Which is you are, you've Gigabash launched. Um, you gave a talk, like you said, at Level Up KL. And I think, like, for me, you're one of the faces of Gigabash, mostly because, like, you're profusely Ooh, talking you. about it on the internet. And, like, um, you know, uh, just by proxy of this industry, everybody always like talks about you, right? So it's like by proxy, it's also Gigabash. But then now this new phase of Sophie, it's like, t- talk to me a little bit about um, moving f- from game dev. And I want to get back to game dev, but to getting into this future class slash um, lecturer slash game journalist like side of you. Like, are uh, how, how are you doing this? I don't understand. Like, I don't understand the trajectory here. You know what I mean? Um, well, it was just that, I really liked working at Passion and I still like there's I'm not closing the door that completely if there's any opportunities in the future probably I would go back but it's like I wanted to try new things and the thing about uh, lecturing is that it also gives me some kind of flexibility to do a lot of things alongside it because I can Mm -hmm. take those experiences and bring it back to the students Mm -hmm. so it's uh, on one hand it's an opportunity for me to see what is the incoming talent pool and because I'm still very closely tied to industry I can kind of act as like a bridge of like students are like this I can go to industry and be like, you should be brushing up on this, this, that, because this is what the students are learning. Mm-hmm. And then vice versa, I can tell the students like, hey, in industry, they're going to expect you to be like this, this, that as well. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's an opportunity to see what the incoming talent pool is. It gives me a bit more flexibility to explore like a bunch of other things. Like um, I'm, I, I feel like I'm getting pretty decent at community stuff so it's like i love connecting people i love getting to know people and then bringing them into certain things so like uh yeah that's what this era is all about i suppose Mm -hmm. i'm in my i don't i don't even know what to call this like (laughs) it's like some arc i don't know i don't know i don't know am i really living my anime protagonist (laughs) fantasy like do we get like a do we get like an increase in our social link after this like what happens the card's gonna drop from the ceiling i am thou thou art i the whole thing you get a plus five charisma after this oh my god that's true but i think that's real that is a really interesting point and like it might sound really obvious to people who who aren't really considering it but at least when i was a student i didn't i didn't study game dev but like having a lecturer who was purely an, an academic and a lecturer that was from the industry was was like night and day difference. And it's just that like, you know, for a lot of students, like having like someone who knows what the industry is like, being more practical in their approach and not just like, you know, following theory, following the books. Like, I think that's a really important aspect that you're, pro- that you're bringing to your students, which is fantastic. Thank you. Like I'm not the only um, industry person who's in the the what's it, the faculty over at KDU, but uh, I am the most... I guess like I'm the most like recent industry person to come into the faculty mm-hmm. and everything because the exposure that I've gotten is like it's specifically Passion Republic and Passion Republic games which is new 
to a lot of the people there. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad I'm able to bring that experience in. And then, you know, uh, I get to sit on the classes and then they'll do something like not update their Gantt chart. And I'll be like, you know, in the industry, <laughs> this wouldn't fly. <laughs> and they'll be like, I'm sorry, Miss Sophie. And I'm like, oh, yeah, shit. I forgot I'm like a Miss Sophie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I just think it's quite funny because like, when, you know, when you talk about these, these industries, whether it be animation, whether it be games, right, more on the creative side of things, you always hear about, um, people having lecturers who have a foot in the door in the actual industry. And they're the ones that like, you know, you see an up and coming uh, student that's doing really good work and then they would give a reference and then they would end up working at that studio or whatever have you. So I think that flywheel is something that it's not unique to maybe the creative arts, but it's just so good that it's reinforced, especially over here as well, yeah. where our industry, I think, is in, on the verge of um, it's, it's on the precipice of like huge growth, right, in the Southeast Asian mm -hmm. region. So uh, it's just it's just awesome that I think you're part of that but i also want to touch base on like the the latter half uh, so like out sorry not the, the latter half of like your career it's it's sounding the reason why i'm hesitating <laughs> is it sounded like you're you're dying or like you're about to retire and, like it's like you're 27 sophie you know what i mean um, no like the, the second part of what dying. we were talking about <laughs> a, go pitbull go pitbull <laughs> Um, no, because like you're also outside of being a lecturer, it's like talk about connecting. You're also working with a couple of game studios as well, right? Um, yeah, six jobs. Oh, <laughs> and what does that mean? Because I know it's, she doesn't it, sleep. Do you do you sleep? I do. I do. I, I have and, friends that and tell me off. And what do you do? Like no, but like, what do you do with these like with these folks? Yeah. Other than so, what are sleeping? what are the games you're working on right now? And okay, like, so I have to count my fingers. It's like that. So. Uh, <laughs> I'm full-time lecturer, part-time game journal for uh, KKP. And then uh, the projects I'm associated with at the moment, there's Over Hours, which is a, uh, like a, it's like this stylish and satire filled game. And there's, the, the character designs are really cute with Control D Studios. I'm a writer for that. There's Devadata, which is a uh, turn-based RPG uh, with like this early PS2 kind of look to it, which is really great. Uh, I'm also associated with Twilight Foundry. They're working on Sunset Satellite right now. They're a studio based mm -hmm. out of Penang. And then mm -hmm. also uh, I am associated with Hidden Chess. They're working on uh, Rapid City Midwest 90. They are doing like a Fallout meets restaurant sim, basically. Yeah. Okay. It's quite like diverse quite, on the board. Yeah. And then I think I'm trying to do some other stuff too, but we'll see which which happens first, the project mm -hmm. or my body feeling me. So. <laughs> I like how you're just counting like all your children. On, on, like, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, that one. Yeah. That one. <laughs> Don't want to forget one of them. Yeah, it's not counting it, my personal projects, I guess. So like, woo. It's just so cool because it's like, yeah, Su Suan, you know, friend of the show, William, friend of the show. Uh, you know, I say that I don't even know if they listen. You know what I mean? But like, they're friends, I'll so I count them as friends. This episode, yeah. Um, yeah. No, but they're just amazing people in the Malaysian game dev scene, right? Um, but yeah. maybe on the specifics, like, so we're big dummies. You know, you know, and I might write about games. We might talk about games. We might stream games. We might like have riveting conversations with industry people. But like, what does it actually mean to be to like work on these projects? Like, what are you actually doing for these studios? But then I also want to enter a conversation of like, how how does one like produce a game like what do you what do you do <laughs> like at these game studios on a technical <laughs> level you know like why I, is everybody uh, so enamored by the work that you um, that you create 
why is everyone so enamored with the work I do? Yeah, I'm asking the same question, honestly. <laughs> but uh, uh, so on the games, typically I'm on as like a script writer or a narrative designer or a producer. Mm -hmm. So going into the producer one, because that's the project that's the most active where I'm acting as producer. Mm -hmm. uh, it's mostly just checking in with everybody on what's happening, establishing like what are our next steps and trying to predict problems before they come in. So, uh, yeah, like one of the projects that I'm on as a producer, right? Um, you know, we're looking for funding. So it's like, what are the upcoming opportunities? What can we do? When do we want to lock in the current assets? When do we want to lock the current build before we want to try and like pitch it out for money? By the way, any of the projects that I've mentioned, if you know somebody that has money that wants to give to really good indie projects based in the Southeast Asian region, send me a DM and then we can connect and then you can give us <laughs> money. So... <laughs> Yeah, basically, I'm like getting things together. So it's kind of like getting an overview of how everything is running. And then you watch and then you see, is it going to is it going to be an issue? And if there's an issue, what are you going to do? Ooh, that's that's kind of the gig. Yeah. <laughs> so there's it's so like many a... sound bits that I'm going to take out from this podcast. <laughs> that it's like, yeah, I talk with my hands and I talk with sound effects. That's kind of how it goes, because it's like um, I was trying to describe something to a friend and then they were like so you just do the trolley problem like every day uh, that's your job is it and i was like what's the trolley problem you know it's like you know the, for the greater good of like one person versus like many who do you kill uh, the one person or the many people oh and i was God. like <laughs> i mean sometimes it happens like that <laughs> but also it's like dude <laughs> yeah so you get an overview of how everything is running and you're trying mm -hmm. to predict if there are any problems coming in and then also you try to bring in opportunities that kind of thing so uh the people that i work with are no stranger to me like texting them at weird hours like hey what if they give us money link yep. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah yeah i know to me super cool because i think like as a creative because you know sometimes like in other industries you have the creative person and then you have the business person mm -hmm. but yeah. i think to your point earlier it sounds really interesting how like your eclectic background has allowed you to do like yeah. dip into like both, both where yeah you'll talk like so because i'm not like a business person i actually don't right. consider myself to be a business person i'm not good with the numbers i need somebody else to crunch numbers typically but uh, when it comes to things like coming up with solutions, sometimes I can see the solution a lot easier than some of my peers. That's basically mm -hmm. all it is. Like um, going back to my game design background specifically, like people think game design is either you come up with like the levels of stuff or you're just like gonna Miyamoto all over the project, that kind of thing. You're like this <laughs> industry guy, you come in and you're like, he's a plumber who can jump. And everyone goes, whoa. Oh, my and God. Like, you like moonwalk out, right? Yep. And you're like, game design. Wasn't it like, game design? Like that? Yeah. No. Like beyond that, game design is problem solving. Design, design as a whole, the concept of design, what makes design different from art? Art typically is trying to say something. Design is typically to solve a problem. So the same thing goes with game design. You're trying to create a solution, solve a problem for something. And then that's like, and then it, it applies to wherever it applies, basically. Mm -hmm. So in a production role, it's just coming up with creative solutions for creative problems. Yeah. 
the hands the hands <laughs> yeah, said the so hands. much there audio listeners i'm so sorry yeah i'm, I'm so like, sorry but... <laughs> you, got, you got to watch <laughs> the podcast on youtube they'll at least get the sound effects still they got the that's true it's like i love games it's a it's funny you say that because like yeah those magical moments in game um when you hear like from a more producer role perspective like there's that infamous story at game freak where they couldn't they couldn't uh program gen 2 of pokemon yeah and then i i forgot who it was but um the story so, one of the one of the like old time producers at Game Freak uh, or Nintendo at the time, I can't remember if it was. Uh, uh, oh my god, it's not Miyamoto. Oh my god, it, it's gonna kill me. And this is the most embarrassed I've ever been doing a games related podcast and not knowing like notable industry folk. But it, it'll come back to me when I when I finish the story. But they were like, oh, here's how you program this bit, and they magically worked on the game, and then they were able to cram both Johto and Kanto into uh, into one like GBA cartridge, um... super last minute. Um, so just one of those like oh these producers just have like the magic touch and it's just like it blows up you know it was Satoru Iwata it was Satoru Iwata oh yes it was um, yeah because he was a programmer before he was like management exactly That's why. yeah um but yeah but it's just like uh I guess like some people might need a little bit of like that ex- uh, external or like higher level view as well especially when you're working on a game that's so heads down and intense and it's your vision that you're mm-hmm. trying to create so I think that avenue is fascinating um Maybe one aspect that, like, I it'd be I'd be so frustrated if I didn't touch on it, right? Is the Game Awards Future Class? Can you walk us through like what is uh, Future Class, and um, maybe maybe we'll start with there. What what is the, what is this program, and uh, what do you do as part of this program? Okay, so the Game Awards is essentially like the way I pitched it to my parents, I was like, it's like the Oscars of gaming. So it's kind of a big deal, right? And then they were like, ooh, and I was like, yeah. Okay, Mm -hmm. so um, the future class specifically is an annual hall of fame dedicated to the diverse and inclusive future of the games industry. So this is uh, including, but not limited to game development, but also games adjacent, uh, game development adjacent streams, such as education, streaming, um, and so on and so forth. So I've been very blessed to be inducted into the 2022 class, which was last year's. And uh, I now have access to like this huge, insane, amazing network, <laughs> which is like, uh, uh, yeah, you know, the, there's like a there's like a chat where everybody like gets to know each other. And it was like, hi, um, I'm like, I used to work on like, uh, these triple A games, and then you see someone else is like, "Hi, I'm like the programmer for Among Us," and I'm like, "Uh." <laughs> so it was my turn to introduce myself. I was like, "I worked on Gigabash. It's great." And then you know, people like put the fire emoji and stuff like that, yeah. and I'm just like, "Oh my god, why am I here?" <laughs> like the oh, imposter syndrome. Ironically, because I said Among Us. Yeah, yeah. It's like it. It feels insane because it's like. I feel like I'm known by people like you who know me on like a Malaysian, Southeast Asian regional level. Now I'm known to the rest of the world. Feels crazy. But that's, so, why, yeah. but that's why it's so amazing. Like when I was like going back to what we were talking about, how about you bring everyone up. Now people know who you are and by extension, they're going to be more interested in our region and you're still being that champion for our region, except at that level. So it's it's such an amazing opportunity. Thank you. How thank does you. how did it like Arif and I don't don't know these things. We just we get we see like who becomes future class. We're like wow, that's amazing. But like how 
did that work? Like, did was it an application process? Is there are there some like people behind the scenes who are like checking out the the industry and then pulling out like that the the talented children from there? Like, how how does how does that work? <laughs> that sounds terrifying. That's like what like Promise Neverland, right? Yes. Oh my god, I had, that oh was my my, as I was saying, I was like, oh my god, am I describing the children getting killed? <laughs> Um, so basically there's like a nomination process Mm. so I guess I was nominated and then they sent me an email and they were like hi don't tell anybody yet but like you're in and then I was like I gotta tell my mom (laughs) privilege immediately and then like I was like alluding it to my friends and was like hey do you like the game awards do you guys like oh the Game God. Awards? And they were oh like, they're like, oh, I watched it like last year. Why? And I was like, mm, just like, just like keep an eye out for it. And I'm like, why? And I was you like, mm, that reason. Just like, just like, you know, you know, when, when they say like, you know, Game Awards, just like, just like, yeah, you know, like that. And then true enough, I didn't show up on the screen, but I was up on the website. So mm-hmm. close enough. But, um, but yeah, there's like a nomination process and then you send in your information and then they reveal the list. And then for the year 2022, you get to participate in like uh, mentorship, you get to mentor others, and then you get access to the network of not just your year's future class, but the previous years. So, oh, that's awesome. It's like the freaking yeah. Avengers, man. It is yeah. kind of like that because it was like, if you look at the future class blog, there's like a medium uh, blog yep. newsletter kind of thing. Uh, they, the previous class had a mentorship session with like Reggie, like Nintendo Reggie. Mm-hmm. So you, there's no like other a, Reggie. So. Yeah. So it's like a one-on-one Zoom call with them. So mm-hmm. earlier this year, uh, we had a future class call with one of the co-founders of Supergiant Games. So we got to ask a bunch of questions oh, wow. about Hades and stuff. Wow. So I immediately took notes and was like, haha, game development. So it was fun. <laughs> yeah. So that's part of being in future class. And then uh, if I can make it to LA at the end of the year, mayhaps I will be on the TV you know, that would be kind of cool. Be on the TV. <laughs> like in the little corner. It's like, that's Sophie. I see her. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's it. You know, if you see a, <laughs> you see the alt maligo, it's like, are you doing <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i, I just yeah. think it's awesome because uh, you know reno and i were talking about this earlier this week as well but i think i think reno you you know a couple folks that are on future class uh yeah this year. yeah when we were talking about this i was like you know twitter has been popping off in the last year for me at least like you know m- making connections meeting a lot of different people and then like when when the future class got announced like suddenly three people that i was like follow like three mutuals all became like future class i was like wow like i am in amazing company there was like sophie there's chantal who i really love and i streamed the game with her before and then there's masao as well so those are the three that kind of like who came to my mind and then now i see you guys are all connected and everyone's talking it's just it's again like it's just like a nice really cool little bubble that we've got the world is too small though like it is we, we know so many mutuals it, it's the you beauty know? of the internet as well right because like, it when... is it's true yeah, but I, I think the last note that I have on Future Class is that the reason why I think it's such a beautiful program is mostly because, like you said, Sophie, it's the names that you see on there aren't like, quote unquote, if you will, the usual suspects. Like to me, I, I don't know who, who does the curation on, on their side, right? And who actually selects the candidates for the upcoming year. But you can tell it's such an eclectic group of people from, like you said, whether they be a content creator that's done such meaningful impact oriented work or somebody who's done uh, extensive work in research or uh, at universities. But then you also have people that are on the development side. So 
and then from indies to like triple A's as well. And then yeah. also my favorite part, it's like people from all around the world, right? Mm -hmm. Because I know we've had a couple Southeast Asians um, for the past couple of years as well, but just having you uh, put up there and, uh, and trust me, Sophie, I'm gonna give you ample shit after this podcast. So I'm gonna like, I'm gonna level it out, <laughs> right? After, but we, this, after we hype you up, we're gonna bring you down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're gonna talk about your terrible takes that I wanna get to on the rest of this podcast. Sure. But um, <laughs> but it's just so cool because like, it doesn't, to me, it's like uh, one, I think it's amazing that you got it, but two, it's like, like Reno said, it's a representation for the region. Because to me, it's like, I know how much Sophie loves independent games and independent games from the region, right? And bias aside from the projects that you're working on, I know you hype up a lot of games from the region as well. And as somebody who's also done similar kinds of work, I'm like, oh my God, somebody who's recognized at the Game Awards for also being a part of this ecosystem and sharing the amazing cultural pieces that we have from Southeast Asia to the rest of the world. It's like, it's such a cool avenue. It's kind of like a little like, uh, you, throw, you throw stuff at Sophie so Sophie can put it out to the rest of the world kind of a scenario. Yeah. So when I saw that, I was like, this is an amazing, um, just an amazing selection uh, of a person that like kind of represents this region as well. Uh, so just just do do congrats there. But also like what you know when can we when can Jeff Keeley come on the podcast? You know what I mean? Can we, can you make that connect? Like can we get can we get episode ten of the Twenty M podcast to be Jeff Keeley's episode or like? Is that, I'd is be that... like I can't promise anything. We'll see what happens. <laughs> she'll, she'll, she'll she'll tweet she'll tweet at him right after this for sure. I'll be like okay. hey. I mean, like, maybe I can get somebody else from Future Class first and we can work our way up. You know, like, you know in Mortal Kombat <laughs> when you work your way up the ladder? Jeff you know? Keighley is the final boss. <laughs> he is the Game Awards guy. He's the guy, the man. I, I will say, just so, so, we, so we get a little bit unhinged here as well, because we've been talking a little bit <laughs> too professionally. Bit. <laughs> um, we did a, Reno and I did a um, stream the other day for the 20M podcast where it was like, who would Reno beat up in a fight? <laughs> and we were going through different video game characters. It's like, oh, would you beat up this Tekken character? Would you beat up... Um it, it went from like Tekken to suddenly it was like, would you beat Mickey Mouse? Because he's from Disney Dreamlight Valley. Yeah. And my and favorite then, thing was, uh, you know, it was Hideo Kojima. <laughs> it's like, would Reno beat up? Could Reno beat up Hideo Kojima? Okay, it's like, we can't okay. show Jeff Keeley wait, wait, that. You wait, know how wait. close no, Jeff and Kojima. No, 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 no. You don't, I, yeah, they just took a picture together. I have a friend who is like Malaysia's premier Hideo Kojima impersonator. <laughs> oh, I, know, I, I think I know exactly who you're talking about because yeah. I booth next to him. Yeah, <laughs> he was. His booth was just about. Oh wait, I think I've seen this. Yeah, I think no, his partner I, was boothing next to me. I think yeah, if we're yeah, talking yeah. about the same, booth. probably yeah, yeah, yeah probably yeah. yeah, his partner. But like, he's one of my friends. He's my batchmate from uni, and also he worked on my final year project as well. Oh. Hi, Thomas. I'm coming to get you. Exactly. So, yeah, he like he looks straight up like Kojima. Oh my god, I, we, yeah. we can make this happen. I can, we I can, can make, fight you, him. You I can could, fight him. You could fight him. You yeah, could fight him. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you could fight him. I'm gonna. I'll text him afterwards. I'll be like, Hey, do you want to go fight a pretty girl? <laughs> can you ask your girlfriend? It's okay for you to go fight a pretty girl. <laughs> and then probably like his partner would be like, Sure, because knowing her, <laughs> it's it's all for content. It's all for content. <laughs> all right. Um. So we've been hyping you up a lot for like the past hour or so it's now now it's time to kind of get into the controversial takes well i i think you and i will be aligned i think arif will have some some, what? Thing, some other things to say oh really um you're you're <laughs> a big fan of visual novels right yeah arif can't read so he, he will what? Not <laughs> what does that come oh, from oh like like the like the vine guy i'm jared i'm 14 and i never learned how to read <laughs> exactly I, i've you? never seen that but exactly <gasps> oh my god i gotta find it <laughs> Vine um, references are, are 50 50. They either hit really hard or they miss completely. Oh, no. I mean, you're right, though. But... What are, um, yeah, what are your, some of your favorite visual novels that we can vibe around? Oh, my God. Um, I was just showing off Hatoful Boyfriend to one of my friends. 
that's have, like you know very normal game yeah no, but that's like because because our if you recently played southeast asian game love burb right yeah. this is the, this i know is the so it's spiritual so the predecessor it's it's like you know when you say the bird dating game now you've got the wholesome one or the one with some holes because people <laughs> die people die but people die and have to play boyfriend have you played it I haven't Do you want spoilers? No, 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 no. Okay, I'll okay. play. I'll play. I'll play. It. Yeah, okay. it's like people, there's people like are a... buds who who die. People I'll die. leave that up to you. Now you got to play it on the. <laughs> oh my Damn, god! Damn, you know, yeah, like right. the the yeah. thing that I love about it is that you know it looks the way it looks, until it doesn't. Oh my god! I'm that so excited so... for Hotable Boyfriend now. We yeah, gotta, yeah. There's like Hotable Boyfriend, and then there's Holiday Star. I think it's like the the Christmas side story. So Holiday Star comes after. Because I remember I played Hotable Boyfriend on the PlayStation Four. Um, it was New Year's a couple of years ago, and the thing is, the power kept on going out in my apartment for some reason. So mm-hmm. it's like I had to keep like playing, and it was like really tense. There was so much happening, and then the power was zoom. And I'm like, oh my god! Damn it! You know. So yeah, but it's a it's a great visual novel, honestly. Have, yeah. have you played? Um, have you played? I think it's called My Horse Prince. I have not, but I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I haven't I, even heard of that. Like, I, I had a Mystic Messenger phase. Does that absolve me? <laughs> No, that makes it worse. <laughs> my whole, no, I, I've, you've not seen, you, you don't know what I'm talking about. I've no my idea horse, what either of you are talking about. I don't know, like, these are just friend, words to me. My whole friends has, is like, so it's the the guy, if you can call it a guy that, that you're in love with, he has a, the face of, like, a hot anime dude and the body of but a horse. the body horse. of a horse? That makes yes. sense. Oh, no, I have That's played it. That one. I yeah, remember, yeah, yes, yes. It's the... the he does like the cupboard on the cupboard on with the, with the <laughs> it's, it's like he does the cupboard on right you're like boom with the, and with you're the like hoops. oh he's so hot and then it like zooms out and it's like that's a that's a horse <laughs> that's a horse but he's like his face is like Daijobu desu ka. and then you're like it's a horse you know which leg does he put up though you know what i mean like what like, are his front legs one of the front legs i think one of the front legs yeah just, like, i guess that would make against sense. The wall. yeah yeah like logistically it makes sense but i guess it does logistically like, make sense yeah, yeah you know yeah. the logistics of a horse with a human face because that's not terrifying at all because that's basically what it is <laughs> yeah I, I i'm just so not a visual this sounds like the most normal visual novel like idea ever and i'm such I, i'm such not Wait, what do you mean this that. sounds like the most normal i like, mean to everybody me, visual was novels, into yeah. everyone played doki doki literature club like years ago right that I was haven't the played only that visual novel. I'm, so trying, I'm, s- I'm trying to save i'm trying to save myself for that like i i've Avoided all spoilers, avoided everything so far. Okay, so the, the biggest pro tip I can give you that's a spoiler but not a spoiler <laughs> is the guy who like made the game is famous for doing like smash mods, like Super Smash no. Brothers mods. Yeah, okay. he looked no. it up. Like that's what he did. So I remember it was like he did that and then like I could be completely wrong and then everyone's going to hate me for it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, this I is where we can't tell re- you. God. this not this later is, yeah, when, I exactly. about, when I talk about Final Fantasy right uh, yeah so he previously was like in the modding scene and you know the modding scene is so unpredictable and suddenly he was like I'm making a visual novel and then it came out and it looks completely normal and it's a completely normal visual novel mm-hmm. sure I'm sure it is yeah mm-hmm. very normal yeah doki doki mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> what, what, what are some like just obscure games because I feel like you tweet about some really weird ones that I've never heard of. Like, what are what are, what are some of the weirdest games that you've ever played? Oh man! Uh, or like most niche ones, you know what I mean? That you don't most think enough niche people ones. have heard about. Or this is the part where I talk about Yakuza. So I know Yakuza is not niche. Okay, I want the the Like a Dragon series is like super not niche. I know, but barely anybody. Literally, only one other person. I have like the one friend who introduced me to it. 
the one who got me into the Yakuza franchise as a whole, barely anybody I know has ever played Dead Souls. It is a House of the Dead inspired Yakuza spinoff that is non-canonical and it features multiple protagonists. It's locked to the PS3. So the frame rate just like eats shit after a while. (laughs) And it's like one of the characters that you play as is an antagonist who had died in a previous installment of the series. What? But but now he's come back and he has a machine gun arm and he has to fight, spoilers, (laughs) he has to fight and kill his um, father figure who has turned into a zombie octopus because he ran a takoyaki stand oh my god yeah this this sounds so good this was their like fever dream yeah like we made the yakuza game now we're making our game (laughs) yeah no it's great and it's like they yeah and then like later on in the thing you know you get to play as kiryu and you know kazuma kiryu doesn't Mm -hmm. kill people he doesn't hurt people i mean you know he just kind of roughs them up a bit so he goes into like kamurucho it's like covered in zombies and then he's like what are these people doing? These are so weird. And then you're like, he's not going to punch the zombies. He punches the zombies. And you're literally just like <laughs> punching zombies and they're just getting stunned. And then you go to a parking lot and then a guy who's your ally later on gets turned. And then that's the first time Kazuma Kiryu uses a gun. And then later on, what is Kiryu's main gun in the game? A rocket launcher. Of course. Yeah. Absolutely. Of course. Yeah, perfectly normal. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly a, what I thought all was going to happen. Yeah. Right. It's just, and then you can do karaoke outside of the zombies. Of, co- of course. Of course. That's where you play like, <laughs> uh, not Machine Gun Kiss. You get to play Get to the Top, which is a great one. You also get to play as Majima. Majima uses a shotgun. So Majima with the shotgun. I am so happy for you. Thank you. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> we are very happy. You yeah. said you've only you you you've only played one Final Fantasy game. I have. Yeah. What what, what is this? I've like what played... what is this concept? How have you only played one Final Fantasy? <laughs> because game? It's, it's not about the game itself, you know. Oh, it's um, about the game. I want to know the game. Okay, here's the thing. Like, I've only played one Final Fantasy game properly. I've like played a couple of other ones, just like here and there. Technically, my first Final Fantasy game was actually Kingdom Hearts one. That's the thing. Oh that my god! My first, I know. Oh my god. But, back but the to first, back like, episodes okay. talking about Kingdom Hearts. This here's is the a thing. dream come true. Okay, oh but, but here's the thing: the first Final Fantasy game I played like to completion was actually Crisis Core. So like, oh wow! So Zach holds like a Zach. really great okay. place in All my right. heart. You know, I love him. Me, Gungaga. Me too, buddy. Okay, <laughs> I love him so much. I remember like it was really bad because it's like i know so much about final fantasy but not from playing the game but from absorbing so much of the fandom online yeah because like i was on i was on deviantart in the early 2000s so i've like seen some shit (laughs) so that's how like i knew about the characters and then i was like oh they're in they're in kingdom hearts and i was playing and i was like which one is cloud and i was like oh (laughs) he's got a sword you know it's like that so yeah but i have played a bit of 10 i've played a bit of 10 too I'm, I'm um, waiting for the magic number. Don't yeah, let me same. down, Sophie. Don't, don't let me down. Oh, no. I have not played the critically acclaimed MMO. I have not played that. But people keep trying to get me to play it. And oh, I that's go, no, mine. I that's can't. Fine. Yeah. That's fine. Well, what is your magic number for... Oh, I played Dissidia. I really <laughs> like Dissidia. No, First of all, like it's not a number. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the sequel. It was like 012 Duodecim. <laughs> that's got oh, numbers yeah. in it. Of course it yeah, was. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> magic number, Sophie, is 8. Eight. Right. Or eight. if you plus if you plus 
I can't do math. Five. This <laughs> math podcast. Plus, plus, plus. Um, you that calculator. Yeah, I was playing Final Fantasy as a kid, all right? I wasn't doing my math homework. Um, it's 13. I haven't played. I haven't played 13. I've played. I feel like we need to cancel this podcast. <laughs> like, this is the wrong guest to bring on to this. I, I, it's funny. So, about your Kingdom Hearts story, I love that because that is my like Final Fantasy story, which is I never knew, I always knew of Final Fantasy. Everybody always talked about Seven. And I've talked about this a little bit on the podcast, but Kingdom Hearts was the one where I was like, I knew, I like, that's where I got to know some Final Fantasy characters. So much so, and Reno's going to kill me. And a lot of my Final Fantasy VIII speedrun friends are going to kill me. But I had no idea like Cypher was from Final Fantasy VIII. No, same. And that's like Kingdom Hearts 2. It's like, oh, the Kingdom same, Hearts character. Same, same. What did you think he was? Just some, I, just some, he was I thought he was Nomura's anime guy, man. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Because there's other two people around Cypher in yeah. um, Twilight Town. And How does that two. make... What, what, is, what do you mean there's another two people there for you? I don't know their names. What? I don't know but, their names. But no, apparently like, they're from 8 as well. In Cage 2, there was like... In the struggle fight. And then yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, and they're like, woo, and then you collect the little balls, and you're like, boom, 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 you know? See, Gameplay. I know exactly what you're talking about, but Reno has no idea what you're talking I about. I play Cage, too. I, don't, I, I must have but missed But you don't remember the struggle important. fight where you, you fight, and oh, then he gets yeah, the little yeah, yeah, trophy, you know, and then he breaks apart that. the little gems, yeah. and he gives it to his You know friends. when you're playing as Jesse McCartney? Yep. Is it Jesse McCartney or Haley Joel Osment? Which one? Jesse McCartney, Haley Joel Osment, or is Sora. Both. Sora, that's right, yeah, yeah. Like technically, you know, if you really want to get into te- the technicalities, yeah. it is, you know, the character is technically both. Haley it's uh, it's it's really funny because there's like a clip of when Haley Joel Osment was on The Boys, I think, like last year, and he like accidentally used his Sora voice, so somebody no. like put it on YouTube, and it was like Sora in The Boys, and I was like, what? <laughs> it's like right before he like dies too, so. It's so wild that when I first discovered that Jesse McCartney was the, was the voice, uh, like on Kingdom Hearts, I was like mind blown. Because like, isn't he just off singing about you know being in high school on the being radio your beautiful and soul? Yeah. yeah. First yes. of all, what high schooler owns a, a G five? Is that what he sings about? What G five? No, no, he sings about beautiful soul. No, yeah. there's that one. Like, got somebody in the YouTube comments. Come on, get my back. Like, get my back here. And just like. Wow. No, no, wow. No. Unbelievable. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> moving on. No, okay, moving so on. here's the thing. Jesse McCartney, I have two fun facts here. Jesse McCartney did do like an album later on where he was like, it, it's like a really nice pop album from like, I want to say 2014, 2015. But then also Jesse McCartney is also well known for voicing uh, Theodore in the live action Alvin and the Chipmunks. Oh, so, wow. what? Yeah, if you look it up, that's Wait, which Jesse one is Theodore? Mc... Is it, is it the, the green one? The green one. The, green one. the, the one who's like, one. I like to eat and I'm very scared of everything. And then you look at it and you're like, Roxas? <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> yeah. Who's your nobody? I mean, like, I've played like a bunch of other things that people are like, why are you playing that? I'm a huge fan of like Suda51 games. So, mm, yeah. um, uh, I did play like Lollipop Chainsaw and Killer mm. is Dead. Um, I played No More Heroes. And then, like, there's the one with the talking gun where I'm a complete idiot. Ah, oh, damn. What is that one called? There's, like, one particular uh, Suda game. I cannot remember what it's called at the moment. But you are this guy, and you're trying to, like, save your girlfriend. And then you, your, your, like, best friend is a talking gun. I want to illustrate on the cover, he's holding the talking <laughs> gun. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was a shooter game. Oh. 
I played it and I was like, why are we not less like hitting stuff? Why is he using a gun? And one of my friends was like, but he's the gun he's is like a whole character. He's Shadows of the Dam. Yeah. yeah. Shadows of the Dam, that one. Literally, he's holding <laughs> a gun. I didn't know it was a shooter game until I blew it out. And I was like, why is he shooting? This is like Reno and like uh, Durja service. You know what I mean? Oh you made the active decision to play a, a first-person shooter in because the it's because it's um no it's not first it's third person oh i guess you're right i've never played your service so you're... it's time if you're gonna, time. If you're gonna roast me let, let's, let's be accurate here <laughs> yeah, you're right. i, I That's made the me. decision because it was Vin- it's vincent like how can you not want to play as vincent I was like, you're like I'm, i love I'm, belts i love belts, I love belts. so the much more belts the better yes yes I guess, like, very serious question, right? Like, how, yeah. what's inspired your fashion choices here? Like, I want to look what's like with an the anime black? villain. I want to look like an anime villain all the time. I feel that. I feel that. Yeah. Okay, the realistic one is uh, the realistic answer, which is actually just the same answer with more words. Um, growing up, my mom, she was very intent on, like, my sister and I. We had to know how to conduct ourselves no matter where we went. So we would have to know how to dress accordingly. But she also impressed on us, like, the concept of armor. So the idea is that you wear something that suits the situation, but you're still comfortable with so that you protect yourself no matter what happens. Like you feel comfortable in your own skin, at least. Mm -hmm. So as I got older, my concept of armor became uh, what I call the fush fush and clack clack. So the, the clack clack is like, when your shoes make noise, so it establishes presence. Yep. And then the fush fush is, you know, something flowy that takes up space because you deserve to take up space. See? So Oh that's, my god, I'm in love yeah, exactly. with your philosophy. That is amazing. That's, is this that what is you're literally teaching it. kids at the university? You know what I mean? I mean if they ask the right questions. <laughs> but like basically that's it. Like my mom's philosophy of like armor and dressing mm-hmm. so that you are comfortable in your own skin evolved into me knowing that what I want when I walk into a room and I am completely new it is the establishment of presence and that I deserve to take up space in whatever room that I'm in so I can be as obnoxious as I want but these are the rules I'm going to follow but on the other hand I do just want to dress like an anime villain because if I look scary less people will approach me <laughs> and they yep, can just yep, yep. gaze upon me from afar <laughs> and be like she looks so cool and I'll be like mm, I shouldn't have had that last coffee <laughs> like that. yes <laughs> Uh, yeah, I just think it's like your fashion statements have been like um, very notable as of late. Thank you. You know what I mean? It just I, again to me, it was just the hilarious picture in my mind was seeing you at the uh, at the Game Awards event. It was just like this is why is she doing this to everybody else? You know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah, like, it was like you're making us feel bad. Yeah, it was right? eight a.m. in the morning. You, you know, yeah, it's like it was literally like eight a.m. and I'm there like a biblically accurate game developer in all black. <laughs> Yes, you know? exactly. It's like, who's that? Ryuk from Death Note. <laughs> you know? And you're like, dude, it's like 8 a.m. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to talk about something that's really important this month. Um, and it's, uh, I, I know it was International Women's Day a couple, uh, I, when, when is this premiere? I'm not going to do the math of when this episode comes out versus when it was. But we were celebrating a bunch of women in the games industry. And uh, Sophie, you were on an article on KKP. Um, with a couple other folks as well. Uh, and yes. Reno, you were also featured uh, on a recently released um, panel, I should say, on IGN mm-hmm. Southeast Asia. Um, how, the question to the two of you, how, how did the both of you feel uh, when you're being celebrated as some of the most prominent women in the Southeast Asian game space? Do you want to answer it first? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
know? Yeah, I mean, I... I, I just like, like I'm jo- like jokes aside, like it's so cool that the both of you you know featured in two separate articles and two separate celebrations of like you people me in the internationally celebrated women <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah so I just I thought it'd be a cool thing to talk about. <laughs> um, I mean, we we briefly discussed um in private about this, Arif, and I like I do think it's an amazing amazing initiative. I'm really grateful to IGN South Asia for the opportunity. I got to connect with Kenzie and Sija, who are um also writers from the Southeast Asian space, and we we chatted. Um, about our experiences and all, all of that was really cool. But what what I found was really, that was really interesting was um, Dale from IGN would pose a question, and then like no one would answer because everyone is waiting for someone to answer. Like they're like, oh, no one wants to talk over anyone, so we're all just being polite, like Asian girls being like, oh, you go, oh, you go, and then we're like, let's stop doing that. Let's just let's just go for it, right? And Dale is just being like, I'm just here to ask the question. I'm just sitting back. You guys, you guys are meant to take up the floor space. So I thought that was really interesting and really funny. Um, and also, I guess like part of me was just. I don't know if it's like imposter syndrome or if it's just more like me trying to just think more broadly. Like, I'm really, really glad that we're making more space for women in the industry. But as I'm talking, I'm also really conscious of what privilege I have and how I still get more visibility than a lot of other people from different minority backgrounds. And it's like, how can we bring them to the conversation as well? Like, as we're as we take up more space, how can we open more space for people who are less um, visible to us? So I guess those are kind of like my main takeaways from that. My takeaways are her takeaways. Because <laughs> it's like, I mean, that's basically it. I, uh, I'm i eternally grateful and just so, I'm so thankful for all the visibility and everything that I get. But I also acknowledge that I'm coming from a place of privilege. So uh, the good that it does for me is create an opportunity for me to further push my colleagues, my friends, my juniors, and more people within the industry so that they can get the same opportunities that I do, that kind of thing. So uh, it was really great to be featured in the KKP article, especially with such titans of industry, honestly, across the board. Uh, And to be recognized for the work I do is something that will always feel strange, but I will always be grateful for. Uh, But again, I look at these things as opportunities for me to uplift others after the fact as well. It's like, I've got the platform, so now everybody can go like, whoop, you know? Yeah. Um, But going back (laughs) to the Southeast Asian Games, yeah, you're a big advocate. You write um, about some Southeast Asian Games. You just had a recent dev interview with the folks at Anonymous Penguin Studio on on, uh, KKP. I did, yeah. Um, I asked them about their favorite, like, rhythm games and stuff. It was pretty cool. Yeah, which is uh, amazing. But I mean, what other Southeast Asian Games have you been um, looking, eyeing, uh, what are what are some of your favorites that you've played over the past couple of years? Oh, um, okay. Well, I mean, like in terms of like Southeast Asian games, uh, or speaking of like Malaysian games as well, uh, some of the ones that I'm very uh, Gigabash holds such a special place in my heart. Uh, I also was very invested in No Straight Roads' development, especially mm-hmm. when I was a student. Um, the upcoming Katanarama is being worked on by some of my dear friends, and also it's something that I'm very interested in. From a uh, oh, it looks like. Uh, it looks like a PS2 games. I'm instantly interested in it. Uh, there was also the recently released Turbo Cat Fight, which is also something that was done by one of my friends. Oh, I saw you yeah. post about that. Yeah. yeah, it's like a one-man dev, six years, wow. cats. And then I got to be a cat girl in the interview, so I was like living my fantasy. <laughs> and then um, outside of Malaysia, I'm really excited for uh, I'm really excited for Troublemaker, honestly. The one coming out of Indonesia, it's like yep. a yeah. Just got one. a release date today. Yes, I'm so hype. It looks really fun. Uh, I also really liked uh, Chinatown Detective Agency. 
Oh, I think yeah. that was great. Yeah. yeah, I I remember I I didn't get to play it, but I looked at it from a distance, from afar, fondly at Level Up that year. Yeah, and I was like, wow, that looks cool. But the crowd was like, whoop, so I couldn't get close. <laughs> yeah, that's probably one of the most gorgeous. Like, uh, the art direction of that game is one of my favorites. Yes, uh, exactly. From the as well. It looks so good. Yeah. Um, I think those are the ones that immediately come to mind about like what I'm excited about. Uh, oh, um, what's the one? Uh, there's that one that's coming, like the like a Toge game, the one where it's a zombie on the mountain. It's like oh, what? the new Toge oh. game. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I cannot remember what it's called, but I'm so excited for it because it's like the it's named at the an Indonesian mountain. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, but it's like it's like a Left 4 Dead like, and instantly I'm like I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That that one looks really good. It looks uh, I'm so to look good. At Whisper Mountain Outbreak. Yeah, it looks it's really the English good. English name for it. Whisper yes, Mountain yes, yes. Outbreak. That's something I'm I'm really excited for because uh, Left 4 Dead 2 had a major impact on my psyche. So, yeah. Like in a good way or a bad way? <laughs> yeah, in a great I get way. Because so, uh, I used to go to the cyber cafe a lot with my friends, like after school, that kind of thing. Uh, when I was mm -hmm. in high school, and we used to play a lot of Left 4 Dead 2, and I was very bad at it, but it was really fun. Was either like Left 4 Dead 2 or like Team Fortress 2 Prop Hunt. That was like, that was like the high school years. <laughs> yeah. That, that's awesome. I think so many of those games are uh, flipping great. I'm going to give a special little segment here to, um, as we mentioned earlier, to Lovebird by Anonymous Penguin Studio. Um, they And like I said, I know there's an amazing interview, a quick a quick dev interview from Sophie on KKP, and we'll put that somewhere uh, here so you, you all can read that. Um, but major, major love to them. I know they're a very small uh, development studio. And uh, I got first exposed to them at the Wholesome Direct. And I told this story on stream the other day. I was just tell this on the podcast really quick because it was like, I knew there was going to be Southeast Asian games at the Wholesome Direct. And personally, I'm the biggest fan of the Wholesome Direct. I have like, I have their t-shirts. I watch them every year. I tweet about it. I just wow. love, the, I love the Wholesome Direct. It's my favorite show in the industry over the past couple of years. So I knew there was going to be a couple Southeast Asian games at last year's Direct. So I was going to, oh, like I'll tweet about it and I'll like celebrate some Wholesome games. To my surprise, there were five Southeast Asian games at the Wholesome Direct 2022. And I noted down four of them then the fifth one that came on i was like you know because they do the little like developer like hey we're introducing the game here's the game mm -hmm. i saw one of the developers do that for love burb and i was like that's a, that sounds like a filipino accent i was like they have to be filipino <laughs> you know what i mean and that was the only indication because it was quite it was a little bit challenging to find if they were filipino devs or not because i've never heard of anonymous playing studio before they're very stealth it was their first game you know what i mean uh, and then i was like i get yeah they're very anonymous. <laughs> if you will. God damn it! Um, yeah, so so uh, found out they were Filipino, and then over the they've been developing the game for the past couple of months, and they finally released it as of recording this past week, um, and it's just this beautiful dating rhythm dating um, sim all featuring mm -hmm. birds and i think it's hilarious it's beautifully written it is a little bit challenging um and mm -hmm. uh I, th I think there could be some tweaking going on with the actual rhythm parts of it but it is very very fun and very very hilarious but i mean bless the team over there because i did not expect to be in the credits for that one mm -hmm. um and i just like oh absolutely do you think i can't i can't have <laughs> sophie take all the spotlight this episode you know what i mean are you flipping kidding me uh no but jo jokes aside like i didn't i didn't expect to be on the credits but it was such a nice friendly just beautiful thing from from the folks out there but i know i've been telling everybody about that game. also it's free on Steam. it's free it's, it's free. free yeah I'm, I'm gonna check it out for sure you free should program. definitely it's a tinder like 
the Tinder life. <laughs> yeah, because you Bum- gotta do this. Bumburb is the platform Bum-burb. that you swipe through. Bum-burb. Bum-burb. Oh, Bumburb. That's that's yeah. cute. That's awesome. <laughs> um, since so we're cute. all bragging today, can I can I get my brag in? Can yeah, I- sure. Hit it. Hit it, please. <laughs> What the, I don't um, even know what this is. I'm, I'm very yes, scared. You do. I no. I played my first Souls like game this oh. week. I picked up Wolong. Um, I okay. Like I will. I'll have this go on record. I don't like ugly games, and I don't mean like graphics are ugly. I mean like dark fantasy. Like I like. I get it. I read berserk all that kind of stuff, but it's not my vibe. All right. I play Spyro the Dragon. I play Genshin Impact. Okay, but Wolong um, is set in Three Kingdoms. It's set in, like Lucy said, with the Three Kingdoms era, and that's my favorite, one of my favorite, um, I guess, pieces of media. Played all the Dynasty Warriors, watched the drama with my family, read the books. Like, I really liked that period. So I was like, I'm going to play Wolong because, like, it's it's true to the kind of stuff I like. Um, and also, like, leading up to that, I was asking, like, various friends, like, how it was, and they said it was really hard, and I was like, oh, I'm kind of scared. But I'm like, oh, you know, like, pick it, like, why would I be scared of a game? Like I can, I can do it. And so I played it on stream. I think it was like Wednesday, and then the first boss, which is the tutorial boss, is like notoriously hot. There's like statistics that say like only like 33%, I think, of gamers actually get past the first boss. And I died on my first stream like 38 times. Like I was, I was close to crying. My chat that normally like trolls me. They were just like, you know what, Reno, just go to bed. It's fine. You did, you, did a, you, you did a really good job. It's almost midnight in Japan. Come on. You never stream for four hours. It's time to call it to call it in. And then one of them was like, see you tomorrow. And I was like, tomorrow? Like, I'm coming back here. <laughs> so I came back on Thursday and I streamed it again. And my total death count was 53 kills. Like, I died 53 times to this boss before I, before I made it through. And I cried. I actually cried on stream. <laughs> I was so happy and so overwhelmed. And then I gave my, my Oscars acceptance speech the same way Michelle Yeoh did. I'm like, I would like to thank my chat. Okay, <laughs> this. This is where it begins. Bloodborne is next. You know oh my mean? god. You're gonna be and like a so, real souls gamer after this. It's so addictive. The, the like one oh more god. time. One more time. Just one more. Just one yeah, more. Yeah. If crazy. I do this little thing, I think it'll work. You know what I mean? I was telling Arif, this is like the anti-Genshin game. Because Genshin is like brain-dead gameplay. You know, you can just chat with people. You don't pay attention to what's going on. And you're really comfy. This is like, I've never been so concentrated. My body is like sore because I'm so stiff when I'm, when like the boss appears. I'm like, all right, let's go, let's go. I haven't played Genshin. Like, I remember I started playing at one point. I was like, I really liked Song Li. I thought he was a complete goober. (laughs) And I was like, what an idiot. I want him so bad. And then yeah. I did it. So I was like, this game sucks. And I haven't touched it since. And then they introduced like Ito as a character. And I was like, oh, he looks dumb as a box of oh bricks. God. I want him so bad. But we I'm, need like, to talk resisting. about this. Like, can we, can we... Is, like baby girl. Exactly. It's like my favorite character archetypes are typically like the comic relief that has like a tragic past. But mm-hmm. um, also like stupid meathead men. So good, <laughs> so good. You're like, what a dumbass. Boop. <laughs> Want that's for me, uh, <laughs> Sophie. It, a hard transition. What like? Um, <laughs> not that there's anything to transition. We should just end the episode there. You know what I mean? Like that's the final topic. hard transition. It um, just cuts completely. Yeah, there's yeah. No, exactly. just, it, there's no outro. Yeah, exactly, no nothing. Yeah. Mid sentence. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, Work, Sophie. So honestly, like you, you do such amazing work. This is such a fun podcast to record. We've touched on 
very productive things, all things considered, and then also mm -hmm. a bunch of hilarious things. So I thought this was a phenomenal um, chat. Where, where can people like find you? Because this is a fascinating question to ask you because you've listed at least like 10 projects on oh my God. The, the, past yeah. couple, the past hour or so. You're like, right. how do people get in touch? Like, where can people find you? What's the... What's the how do I get involved with Sophie's life after that? This, this, this oh my god. Okay. Honestly, the honest answer is you're probably, I will probably find you before you can find me. <laughs> because that is so, or, yeah. Sophie, that's like, I mean, like, like in the shadows. Legitimately. Because yeah. the thing is, like, I'm like a Gemini. So also, like, I'm always <laughs> like watching things and it's, you know, my brain's always going like, taka, 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 taka. so chances are like, if you work in the games industry, especially in Southeast Asia, like I will have you at the back of my mind for something. And then suddenly you'll just notice, I'm like, hey, would you be interested in doing X, Y, Z? Because that keeps happening. I feel so, like- So don't, don't find Sophie, Sophie will find you. <laughs> yeah, but the real answer, no, that was the real answer. The, the better answer is that uh, you can find me on Twitter, on Instagram as 96lions underscore. That's me. Uh, yeah, that's just like the easiest. Just find me on Twitter or Instagram. I'm more active on Twitter, though. Yes. Mm -hmm. There's also a Facebook page that I am trying to update more regularly. But Twitter is ultimately the easiest thing to find me on. Yes. Awesome. Do I need to explain the lore behind my my username? I can I'm going like, to close out the episode and we're going to end with that. Um, <laughs> Rina, is there, any, is there anything else? Uh, what are you What are you up to this? What can people look out for, from on your side, Rina? Me? What? Nothing. Yeah, like, I'm, not, I'm doing nothing. There's <laughs> nothing you want to promote for this, like when this another episode Wolong launches. Stream. Another Wolong stream. Yeah, <laughs> catch me on the sixth boss of Wolong on Twitch.tv yes. slash Windows, guys. Yeah, I don't know. Like we'll have we have lots of stuff planned for 20M. We've got live streams planned. We've got more guests, as RF was saying. So just just stay on the channel. Don't don't leave. Just keep refreshing this until the next episode. Right. Like literally, if click, you're listening click, to this right click. now, click the next episode. Click yeah, the previous <laughs> episode. Yes. Click on our socials. Hit the hit the subscribe button. Yeah, hit the it's called button, binge maybe. viewing. I support you. <laughs> <laughs> Go watch the episode with June. You know what I mean? Go watch the episode with Tosh. Don't do that. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. This is such a fun episode.